Well, for all of us individually, there can be times in life when it feels like we're just wandering aimlessly. There's some things that might come up in life where you're not sure how things will turn out, you're not sure where God is, and you're not sure what next step you should take. That happens for all of us individually. But as we think about things right now, it's almost as if we collectively, both as a nation and as a world, are going through some times when we all feel like we are wandering. It feels like we're just trying to wander our way through this day by day by day. So what I wanna do in this series that we're starting this week is I wanna give a chance for all of us just to pause on what's going out there in the world and to start to think about how we can learn learn from God, learn from our situation, even while we are wandering. And to do that, I'm going to invite you to join with me just to look at how another nation learned while they were wandering. As it turns out, the nation of Israel, some 4,000 years ago, had to do a lot of wandering themselves. Sometimes it included disease, sometimes it included violence, but their wandering lasted 40 years as they wandered a wilderness on their way to a new land. And as we look through their story this week, what we're going to do is find some purpose and find some direction even during this time. What I want to do today is set things up by showing you what happened right away as these Israelites started to wander. And maybe if you grew up in church, you've heard this story before, you know the backstory. Maybe if you're new to God, maybe if you didn't grow up in church, this might be a little bit new. But it's a longer story than I have time to tell. So I'm just going to tell you the, the highlights, that there was this nation, the Israelites, and that life was not good for them because they were in a land called Egypt. Egypt was this land where they were made slaves, they were being killed, conditions were getting worse and worse, and they cried out to God, God, please hear us, please deliver us. So God sent a man named Moses. And after a series of plagues, finally the Israelites were released from Egypt and God set them free. What we're about to look at is the moment as they start to leave Egypt, God is going to give them some comfort. What you and I know is that sometimes when we enter into a season of wandering, we're left wondering where God is and what he's up to. But I want you to look at what God did for the Israelites, because what he did for them is what he's about to do for me and you also. This section is from Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. It says, By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or by night. And get this, neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. That was an amazing blessing for them because even as they entered their wandering in the wilderness, they were not left wondering where God was. No matter where they went, God never left his place. He was there with them, a visible sign by day and by night that he was with them. And right now, that sort of reminder is what you and I need right now too. Even though we feel out of place, God has not left his place in front of me, in front of you. And the way we see that most clearly demonstrated is what God was willing to go through in order to be with you and to be with me. And for us, the proof is not 4,000 years ago in a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. For us, the proof is 2,000 years ago. 
God did not appear in a pillar of cloud, in a pillar of fire. God became flesh and he dwelled among us. He himself entered the wandering of our life so that he could know what it's like to be in a position that we're in. He surrounded himself with sicknesses and diseases. He himself witnessed and experienced violence and racism. He entered into the wandering, not just so that he could know what it's like, but so that he could redeem us from it. The one thing that we ultimately cannot control, the, the wandering that we could never escape from is the wandering of death. But even there, because of what Jesus did to die for our sins and to come back to life, he has taken away the wandering from that wandering too. There he is with us, even in that moment of death, to deliver us from this world to be with him. So as we get into the topic this week of how to navigate through wandering and what lessons we learned from the Israelites while they wandered, I want you to do so knowing that even while you're wandering, you don't have to be wondering where God is. Because of what Jesus did, he is right here with you. And the things we're gonna talk about this week are challenging. They're gonna to be tough at times. But with you, there is hope and there is life because God himself entered the wandering to be with you. Do you remember the good old days? Like I think back to high school where I could hang out with my friends. We could do things, we played sports together. Uh, my high school was small enough where I could be a part of anything I wanted to and life just seemed simpler. When were the good old days for you? Um, do you go back to a certain decade? Do you go back to high school? Do you go back to college? Like when, when were the ideal good old days that you just wish you could go back to? Well, today as we continue talking about what life is like wandering and how to navigate through it, there's something I want you to know about the good old days. If you find yourself looking back at the good old days and longing for them, there's two things you should be aware of. Number one, the good old days were hard. There were things that you had to learn and navigate through. There were problems that you needed to figure out. They had their own challenges. But maybe the thing that we like about the good old days is that we learned the lessons that they had to teach us and we navigated our way through them so that we could at least make sense of life and figure out our place in it. The second thing we need to be aware of, of longing for the good old days, is that the door to those days is closed. Those days are in the past and there's no way that we can return to them. I think this is valuable for us to talk about because when it comes to wandering through uncertain times like all of us are doing right now, we have to be aware that longing for days that are past will not help us escape from our wandering in the present. This was a lesson that the Israelite people had to learn back when they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. They had to learn this difficult lesson that longing for the past would not allowed them to escape from their wandering in the present. I want to share with you a, a quick reading here that illustrates what it was like for them as they were growing uncertain and afraid during their time of wandering. Today's reading is from Exodus chapter 16 when the people were getting hungry and they were starting to rebel. It says, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Those were some pretty 
charged words and lots of emotion behind them. In, in that moment, they were longing for the good old days in Egypt, which, by the way, were not very good. But at least in Egypt, the Israelites knew what to expect. They knew where their food would come from, and there were things that they didn't have to figure out. Now, as they enter into the wandering, they're realizing that the good old days are behind them, and they don't have the faith to be able to navigate how God would take care of them. This is something that we still see today. When we enter into a new wandering where everything is new, everything is changed, what we so desperately want is just to go back to the good old days where maybe life wasn't perfect, but at least it was predictable and we learned how to navigate it. But that door is closed. And no longer, no, no matter how much we long for those days in the past, we still won't be freed from our uncertainties in our present wandering. So the, con the concept or the principle that I want to share with you today as we continue talking about life in the wandering and, and how to navigate through it is simply to illustrate for you a principle that we learn from Jesus. In fact, I wouldn't even call it a principle so much as a truth that you can anchor yourself to. Just imagine who Jesus was and what he did. He was the son of God from all eternity. Like his home is, is heaven in eternity with God. It was a perfect place without any sin, any wickedness, no uncertainty whatsoever. But what did Jesus do as you read through the Bible? The account goes that Jesus, the son of God, became flesh. He, he lived among us. And if that were you, you might be walking around on earth thinking back to the good old days when you were in heaven and how things were different, but that was not what Jesus did at all. Throughout the years of his life, Jesus did not say, oh, I remember the good old days in heaven. I wish I could go back there. No, he was not longing for the good old days behind him. He was pursuing the cross in front of him. Imagine that. All of the good things were behind him, and yet he pursued the one thing that was the worst imaginable thing that any of us could possibly imagine, a crucifixion, an execution, so that he could be punished for people like me and you, so that he could forgive us of everything we've done. I wish we could go back to the good old days, but at some point we have to acknowledge that the door to those days is done. It's closed. And no matter, no matter how much we might long for those days, it will not rescue us from the wandering that we're in. But the promise of Jesus is simply this, that even though the past is behind us, the best is yet to come. Just think about that for a moment. Even though we are where we are, wandering in all this uncertainty, the best is yet to come. That means two things. Number one, when Jesus came, because of what he did, he made it so that even when bad things happen, even when we're in season of, seasons of wandering, God can use that and work it out for your good. Maybe not your definition of good, but God's definition of good. And his promise is that he will do that. Right now, he's working things out for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Things in this life, the best is yet to come. And also things for the life to come no matter how good this world gets, no, no matter how great it is, ultimately this world will always be broken. This will always be a place of wandering. And yet Jesus entered into that wandering for me and for you so that he could rescue us from it. So one day, one day, 
we won't look back at the past and say, wow, the good old days, wish we could go back there. One day we will be in the presence of God himself, celebrating his love and goodness, celebrating how he was with us throughout our years of wandering and celebrating life with him in heaven. And because of that, the best is yet to come. Back in 2005, I went on a six-day hike down into the Grand Canyon with five other guys, and I almost didn't make it past day one. Now, it's true that I was a young man back then, uh, 25 years old, and I was in reasonably good shape, but I did not practice at all for that hike, and I didn't train at all for it. And the first day of the hike was by far the worst. Uh, that was the day that we traveled all the way from the top rim on the northern rim of the Grand Canyon, all the way to the bottom, and it was grueling. We started in the morning, and by evening, we were almost at our camp, but I couldn't make it. <laughs> uh, we were about 100 yards from the camp when my legs just gave out on me. I, I stumbled to the ground. I physically could not get up. I just had to lay there for an hour. Now, all day I had been doing most of the right things. I was staying well hydrated. We stopped for lunch, but the thing that I forgot to do was towards the end of the trip, I forgot to continue eating. My, my body was completely out of energy and I was just exhausted. I think emotionally and mentally speaking, that's how a lot of us are feeling right now in this season of wandering where we don't know what's going on. A lot of us just feel tired. A lot of us just feel exhausted. Like we're not sure how much farther we have to go and we're just losing energy to continue this wandering. And so as we continue this talk this week, I wanted to pause and let you know that there's a good place that you and I can stop to find rest. But before we get there, I wanna have you think about how it is that you're exhausted and maybe how it is that you're frustrated. As we're about to look at the Israelite people and what Moses had to go through, they were exhausted. They were frustrated. Uh, the people had been traveling for a while. They were hungry. They didn't know where their food was going to come from. They were thirsty. They were complaining. And I'll tell you what, Moses was just exhausted. No matter how many times God showed up to miraculously save the people, the people just didn't trust God like they should have. And no matter how many times Moses was a good leader to show them what to do, the people just didn't trust Moses either. And Moses was getting tired of it. He was getting exhausted. And I picked a section to read today from their wandering that shows what Moses did when he was so, so exhausted and so frustrated. This reading comes from Numbers chapter 20. It says, Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? And, and just to take a quick break there, God had told Moses that in order to give water to the people, he was supposed to speak to it. And I don't know how this was going to work, but by speaking to the rock, water would come out of it. So Moses completely exhausted and frustrated with what the people were doing, he did this. He gathered them all together, and then verse 11, Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. Um, still a miracle. 
but yet it was a reminder that Moses was exhausted and Moses was frustrated. You can see what he did when he was exhausted and frustrated. He, he, he who called the people rebels was actually rebelling against God himself. And there were going to be consequences of that as you read on through, through the account. But you can just see here what Moses did when he was so exhausted, when he was so frustrated. And maybe this is a good time for you just to pause and think. What do you do when you're exhausted and when you're frustrated? Maybe this past week, you've been acting like you've got no energy, and because of it, you were acting out in anger. You were acting out in impatience. You were saying things that you immediately regretted. And maybe right now, there's some shame and some guilt that you're trying to deal with. When you're exhausted, when you're frustrated, what does that look like? Well, as we navigate through wandering, I wish I could tell you that the end is in sight, but no one knows when that's coming, and we don't know when a new normal will get here. So for the time being, we can't just stop, but we can pause to rest. And God is the one who can give you the energy you need in this moment to navigate what's coming up. In those moments where you feel like your energy is dropping and you're just getting sick and tired of everything around you, there's something you need to do. Something that Moses should have done. Something we see Jesus model But what we should do when we're tired and exhausted is simply to pause and rest. Pause and think about what is really going on around you. As you pause and reflect on what's going on, it's a good opportunity to ask God to give you perspective, to know that the value of your life is not doing what you want to do. That's where we get into trouble. But the value of your life is in who God wants you to be. Sometimes we get frustrated, we get exhausted, and we just get angry. But with God, when you rest in his presence, there is a moment to reflect on who you are, a child of God. He has forgiven you. He gives you strength. He alone can give you the energy you need. And with his forgiveness, there is hope. Hope for you and also hope to restore those relationships around you. I wish I was more of a patient person, but if you really want to see the measure of my patience, just watch me following my wife through a store as she browses. Uh, For me, that feels like endless wandering, and there's no rhyme or reason to it, right guys? I mean, you just go from place to place looking at shoes and different things, and you're just asking yourself, when will this end? And sometimes, I'll be honest, I have to work on my, my patience during those moments. Um, What I know is that right now we're in a season of wandering where all of us just feel like we're wandering without aim. There's just a wandering right now that might make us lose our patience. And also what I know is that for every person, whether you're a Christian or not, patience is something you know is good and you want more of. So the bad news is that patience is a lifelong lesson that you never fully master. The good news is that we see a lot of lessons about patience as we look at the Old Testament Israelites and what they did during their lengthy season of wandering. There were many times throughout the 40 years that, as you can imagine, they grew very impatient. And we see some of those highlights and some of those stories so that we can learn from them and also apply what they learned the hard way. So I'm about to read a section from Numbers, and this section highlights what happened one day when the people just grew impatient, 
what had just happened that we're about to look at is a series of things happened in quick su su succession. Um, what happened is that Miriam, the, the sister of Moses, died. Aaron, the brother of Moses, and also the spokesman of Moses, had died. Uh, also, the Israelites were attacked by a Canaanite king, and they had to go rescue their people. And now the final thing, they got close to the promised land that was supposed to be theirs. But Edom, a nation, denied their passage. And so now they were going to have to double back exactly where they came from and go through a very long detour. And here's where we pick up in Numbers chapter 21. They traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom, but the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses, and they said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among the people. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. We pray that the Lord, please pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And just a couple of things. You can see that when they lost their patience, it was ugly. They spoke against God and they spoke against Moses. Even though they should have had faith in God, they didn't. And that was an ugly thing. But what I want to focus on real quick is the lesson we can learn from this. The reason they were impatient is kind of two things. Number one, they forgot their purpose. And number two, they forgot God's promise. They forgot that God's promise was that they would inherit this new land and God would keep that promise. There was no reason for them to grow impatient and the second thing is they forgot their purpose in this. Their purpose was not to be comfortable. Their purpose was not a quick and easy trip. Their purpose was just to follow God through this season of wandering so that God could do what he promised to do, is to, to give them that land. So they grew impatient because they forgot their purpose and because they forgot God's promise. And I think that's exactly what happens to us also today. When I forget God's purpose for me and when I forget his promise for me, that's when I grow impatient. And as we go through the season of COVID with all the wandering and all the waiting and all the uncertainties, we can grow so impatient if we forget that there is a promise behind us to guide us and there is a purpose God has for us in it. For you, the promise and the purpose is something so simple and yet something that we tend to forget. The promise is that God is with you. And your purpose is simply to reflect his love and gratitude in your life. God's promise is that nothing can separate you from him. And your purpose is to grow in your knowledge and understanding of Jesus and what he means for you. As you think through life, you might be thinking right now about a time this last week that you were growing impatient. And maybe it was for a good reason because there are some things we should have no patience for. But I think during this season, there's a lot of things that we could do to improve our level of patience. So maybe today, would you just pause and think to yourself, what is God's purpose for you? What is God's promise to you? And as you work to instill those things in your heart, what I believe will happen is you will see God's gift and God's fruit of patience begin to overflow in your life. Well, right now we're in a season of a lot of uncertainties. 
and the more uncertainties there are, the more we tend to fear. I think that's true of all of us as we look at the landscape out in the world. Maybe for you, it's a job or a financial thing that's an uncertainty. Maybe it's how you're gonna pay the rent, how you're gonna feed your family. There's a lot of uncertainties right now, and maybe that is leading you to wonder how your needs will be met. It's a common thing that a lot of Americans are wrestling with right now. How will my needs be met in this season? How will I catch up on rent or mortgage? How will I provide food? There's all sorts of questions that we might have. And the last thing we want to hear is something that might sound trivial, like God will provide or God will take care of you. And you might be searching the Bible trying to figure out where exactly he promised that you'll never miss a meal. What I want to do today as we wrap up this series is to look at how we can find some certainty even when we're wandering through uncertain times. And I want to show you a section from the Israelites as they were wandering in the wilderness that teaches us how God provides, but something even much more important than that. God is actually much more than just your provider. And that comes across clear as he provides for the Israelites in their wandering. So we're about to actually go back to the beginning of their wandering. As they were just navigating this wilderness and how they were going to survive it, Moses brought up a very good question to God, like, how, are, how am I going to feed these people? Where is our food going to come from? And here's how God responded. He didn't respond by giving some angelic semi-trailer full of food every week or every month. But here's what God told Moses. This is in Exodus chapter 16. The Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they follow my instructions. Enough for that day only. And the chapter goes on to explain what to do on the Sabbath and how things will be a little bit different for that. But the, the whole idea behind this is that during their wandering, God didn't just give them semi-trailers full of food so that they would feel content for a while but God required them to daily wait on him. And for me, the cool part of this is just thinking about the story that went behind for them and for us, what it means that God has provided. I think of those Israelites during those 40 years, every morning having to depend on God to show up so that they could eat and so that they could stay alive. And I think of the stories that maybe they told someday to their children or grandchildren, people who on the tail end of those 40 years witnessed having to wait on God every single day. And what sort of stories do you think they told their children and their grandchildren? They'd probably tell stories like how they had to move around so much and things that they had to do to stay alive and maybe kings that they fought against. But there'd always come this point in their story for those Israelites that they would think back and say, you know what, there was a lot of crazy things that happened during our wandering. But one of the most crazy things is that every day we depended on God to show up. And he did. And right now I'm wondering if that's how our stories are going to go also. Maybe someday your grandkids, your nephews, your nieces, they're going to come up to you and say, would you tell me the story of what happened in 2020? What was life like before the coronavirus? And what was it like going through that season? And no doubt you'll have lots of stories to tell of how you had to make some decisions. Maybe you changed careers. Maybe you had to move. Maybe you had to downsize. You'll have lots of things that go along with your story. And maybe as you're telling it, 
you'll just smile a little bit and say, you know what, there were so many uncertainties and I didn't know how I was gonna be provided for. But every day, I depended on God to show up and he did. Life in the wandering is never easy. There's so many uncertainties that we have to deal with. And so many days we'd rather just go back to when things were different and times were better. But right now, the door to that is closed. We're in a place where we're not quite finished wandering, but we don't have to wonder where God is. He is right here with us. And the more we realize that, the more we will tell our story that, you know what? I depended on God to show up every day, and he did. As you were listening today, did someone you know and love come to mind? Well, that's the perfect next step that God is putting on your heart to share this episode. So many people hear about Jesus through the simple invitation of someone they know, love, and trust. So enjoy sharing this with someone that you know, and may God bless you as you do.